Hello and welcome to another edition of Editing Aloud. And team, we're going to talk about Capitec Bank to start with today, partly because um, uh, I hadn't appreciated that this company who does the uh, analysis, Viceroy, had announced some time back that it had another South African target and everybody was surprised that it turned out to be Capitec. But um, Rob Rose, you know this bank pretty well. I mean, were you surprised the target was Capitec? Uh, yeah, I was surprised oh, really? because because Capitec's not the obvious target. It hasn't mm. been doing lots of big deals like Steinhoff. Yeah. Um, it's not the most obvious. There are other com companies on the JSC that you think are more vulnerable, such as Resi Resilient and Aspen. So those were that's where the speculation initially focused on. So yeah. Capitec seems to have come from the fact that it was linked to Steinhoff, that common shareholders in PSG, and it seems like Viceroy, who did the first report on Steinhoff, went sideways into, into, into Capitec. So it's a bit of a surprise. There are issues with Capitec in terms of their reckless lending. Um, some of those some of Do those they lend recklessly? Well, there are instances where they have done it, and a, and a magistrate has found them to be guilty of that in certain cases. Right. But the question is, is that a systemic part of their business? And I think that if Viceroy were to say that, they would be going a step too far. What's the essential difference between Capitec and Africa Bank? Well, they, they lend to the African same markets. Bank. They yeah. to the lend to the same market, essentially. But there's a fundamental difference in the structure. Um, African Bank was supporting a retailer, Ellerines, which they bought, yeah. which was sucking up money. They, they have a different funding profile. African Bank raised money from institutions who lent the money at high rates and had to make extra money on that to repay them. Yeah. Capitec has depositors who put money with, with, with Capitec. Um, so they have cheaper funding. So it's a different model entirely. Yeah, it's a different model. It's a different model. Th there is a similar customer base, and, and that's where some of the potentially, some of the and lending so issues. Um, Ron Darby, is this, is this a, you know, is Viceroy going to sort of pick off targets now in South Africa, or is it, is it now done? Because no one seems to really believe this Reserve Bank was cautious yeah. about it. We'll talk to Hillary about that just now. But, I mean, does Viceroy... Um, have a plan, do you think? I mean, uh, why are they doing this? Are they a front for somebody? Uh, people su suggesting they may be a front, but I think they're, they're not done. I mean, there's um, resilience still. There are issues about our property stocks that went into Eastern Europe and bought all these companies. And there's been this, I mean, look at the, the, the global JC. The JC companies have been the best performing, uh, what marks the best performing past 10, 15 years. So I'm sure there's lots of holes to be picked in South African stocks that even us here sitting around the table look at. I mean, Capitec, we can all sit here and, and wonder why when African Bank, when everyone went through all the struggles, this one bank seemed immune to everything, even globally. So I think there's more uh, companies on the JC that maybe deserve some scrutiny. I think Viceroy have just found there's a perfect market for it. They found from Steinhoff, now it's Capitec. I think Resilient, I think even Aspen still, there's still question marks there. And they, well, whatever their drivers are, so th they're asking questions and the questions need to be answered. Is it nothing to do with so the Stellenbosch sort of uh, mafia or so and so? so because <laughs> everybody, every everybody yeah. seems to hate everybody. There. So I mean, you know, yeah. Johan Rupert doesn't particularly like the people who are running Steinhoff or the people who run Capitec for that matter. Um, um, you know, is there, is there, is he, when I asked about fronting, yeah. I was thinking particularly of him, oh I mean, you know, would he, would he stop? I mean, why would he go on to Aspen and, you know, the rest of, why do we assume that these people, th these are two 23-year-old Australians mm -hmm. and some other fellow, Brit, I think. Social, social worker. worker. A social worker. Come Very on. Very rich Come social on. worker. <laughs> what now. on earth would they, wh why would they suddenly take an interest? Because it's very, they must be making a lot yeah. of money. This is now a very rich social worker and two very rich 23-year-olds. They go in, they short the stock, 
knowing they're going to be releasing a report and knowing that the market now believes them because of Stanhoff, um, and they then release the report and they cash and they make a yes. huge amount so of money. So, but why, why, why do that in a rand, in a Probably rand area? I mean, you know, why come to South Africa to do that? Why not go to do it in? Uh, I think it's, you can do this anyway. With Stanhoff, I think the story is they were called. I, mean, I think I don't quite know the vice of story, but they were called in to look at their books by the company itself. Someone called them in to look at Steinhoff's books, just to like uh, peruse through them, uh, almost like an external view of them. And I mean, this is the questions come by whether it's a bit of insider trading, because they, f they saw the, the problems within the group, yeah. and that's when they, they shorted the stock. So there's a bit, so they were almost brought in, and from there, they just, well, now there's other targets within the market, as as, as, as Robert So they've got these guys now made a lot of rands, which um, are in the country, they can get them out easily, can they, or not? I mean. Presumably not. Do they live here? There's no exchange so control on non-residents. They can get them out. Yeah. yeah. But is yeah. it not that they've discovered So a non-resident can make as much as money in South Africa as they want and just take it all out. I'm sure that's not the case. Well, you borrow, you borrow the, the, the shares from, from yeah. a bank and yeah. then repay it to a bank and yeah. the bank will have certain agreements with, say, overseas yeah. branch of Investec, yeah. Yeah. for example, that they borrow a lot of shares from that they then use to short. Um, so they're making a packet of money out of this, yeah. these guys, yeah. and and you know it does happen in other countries. It happens in the U.S. where you have yeah. hedge funds who take a specific position on a company and then short it, and say say this is overvalued. For Perhaps sure. their view so is that it's local it's guys. It's free speech, really. I mean, yeah, it's not like also it. that uh, that that Steinhoff has revealed that South Africa, despite its reputation for having these very well regulated markets, in fact, has not been keeping its eye on the ball mm. when it comes to these major corporates and their finances. Yeah. And and auditing the decline of auditing credibility in South Africa over the all the scandals around the Guptas, and these guys obviously s think, okay, there must be s a few more ducks sitting there there's, there's on that stock exchange. There's some fragmentation going on here, yeah. and they'll be thinking. Hillary, the Reserve Bank made uh, came out yesterday. Um, Trying to calm everybody down. What did you think of their statement? Look, remember that there is a particular problem with shorting the shares of a bank. The ba the share the, the ba a bank's own capital mm. is to some extent in its own shares, and 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 when its shares start tanking for whatever reason, um, then its capital is is now at risk, and and that's a big problem for a bank. Mm. And of course, there's the confidence factor where where really banks depend on public trust. Uh, so erode that and you put not just that bank at risk but the whole system of which the bank is a part and Capitec is big enough now to be systemic. So the Reserve Bank will have been, wa if, if there was anything untoward, the Reserve Bank I'm sure will have been watching it very carefully and they came out very, very, very quickly yesterday with a quite carefully worded statement which said in effect based on on the based on what we know yeah. there is really no problem with this bank and it's certainly quite important that they stand firm because you know, this is this is the potential yeah. for putting the system at risk. It's becoming Capitec is becoming a rather middle class bank. I mean, mm. you know, my my, for want of a better word, circle. <laughs> Half of my friends are bank with Capitec now because the other banks are just too expensive mm. and and, and re relatively inefficient. And they what have nine point one million South Africans who bank with them. So yeah, if that were to a run on the bank would be a significant factor yeah. in a lot of people's lives in this yeah. country. Well, concerns me with Capitec, though, like, uh, with all businesses, there's a bit of, uh, so you see Capitec doing well, and you're the rival bank, you almost re replicate their model, right, to yeah. catch up. But the rest of the banks haven't done that. Yeah. It, it, what's the reason they haven't been able to do it? So, so there, there is question marks about how Capitec goes about mm. their, their business that has everyone sitting back and not following the same model. Mm. But here it was, there was the steady market share from yeah. Apps and the rest, 
but they haven't been able to counter it. So perhaps there is a story there about how Capitec runs its business and yeah. Viceroy opens a bit of a... And just with the sign-off story now, we now understand that the... Um, the charges have been laid against Marcus Hughes, uh, Steinhoff's former CEO, yeah. with the Hawks, who, Hawks who suddenly seem to have woken up. No, I <laughs> think it's the Steinhoff. Uh, no, no, no. I don't think yeah. it's the Hawks. It's the Steinhoff executives, yeah. who, laid executives the charges, yeah. who suddenly woke up uh, ahead. Uh, coincidentally, on the day they were due to appear in Parliament, suddenly they referred the case to the Hawks. Um, yeah. Now you kind of. Well, I suppose, what well, were they I mean doing all these years that they didn't notice? But it's significant yeah. that it was Steve Boyson, who's the head of the audit committee <laughs> at Steinoff, who, who lays charges against his former CEO, who up until a few weeks ago was speaking to Steve Boyson. This, yeah, is, Steve Steve Boyson? this is Steve Boyson, who was CEO of Absolute. Former CEO, yeah. But this is a functional democracy now, isn't yeah. it? Or what's becoming. Yeah. Mm. You know, there's a parliamentary committee, there's public scrutiny yeah. looming, action has to be taken. Yeah. The Hawks know that they are now have to do something or they're going to they're gonna get fired. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. semi-functional. Yeah, Marcus used refused yeah. to arrive in parliament, which yeah. is yeah. amazing. He's in Namibia. He's, he's yeah. on the run. He's not, hasn't been not yeah. here. He's in Namibia sitting on some farm. Just office. a quick, just so a quick thing before we, before we get to the break. Cape Town and water, I increasingly noticed that the foreign press, there's a big piece on Cape Town in the New York Times today. I've seen pieces in the British press. Um, some of the European, big European papers have covered this story as well. Um, but I also see that day zero has been pushed back a few days now, from the 11th of April, is it, to the 16th. Mm. Um, I'm absolutely not an expert on this debate about whether where the water should now come from, aquifers or s salination plants, and there's another debate between uh, Nomvula Mokanyana, the water affairs minister, and the Cape Town City about whether uh, whether to build a desalination, if there is going to be a desalination plant built, whether the government should build it or whether the private sector should build it. How, what is the, Ray, I mean, politically, what is the, what is the outcome of all of this? Obviously, Cape Town's in big trouble, but... It well, I think the first political victim might fall today, and that will be the mayor of Cape Town, Patricia DeLille, yeah. because this has weakened her substantially and enabled... Has she not done uh, right? No. Um, I mean, the, the, the city palpably you know, failed to prepare for okay. the scenario. I mean, they just yeah. haven't got anywhere. Yeah. And Helen Zilla and Musi Maimani have now stepped in and tried to What is Musi Maimani doing? It's not a party-related thing. This is governance we're talking about, surely. Why would he be leading response. I think he's just trying to point out that he's still the leader of the party and not Helen Zeller. Because she, she came in with a very powerful, she's done, t done it twice now in her column in Daily Maverick and they've been strong pieces and she knows what she's talking about. Yeah, but they've left it too late, you know, they've left it very late and, and the whole DA, the whole way the DA has rolled out its political plan has been, we'll show you that we can govern Cape Town. Yeah. Now you've seen that, okay, now we can govern, the, you know, Western Cape, yeah. and now we can govern elsewhere because we bring efficiency. What is it about the DA that slows it down? There's an well internal thing. There is a lot more going on within the DA. Yeah. I mean, I think they quite successfully for many years projected a unified yeah. party, but the cracks have been there, and now they're really widening. And don't forget um, that there's public. also in a context where of tension, long-standing tension between the DA province and city and national government and national government's water department. So there's sort of political fractures all along over this water yeah. thing. 
you know, seven or even 11 years on, because it's not like it wasn't known that this was eventually Do we know, Ron, whether it can be solved with a desalination plant? Is it just one, or do you need six, or...? And it's, okay, I guess it's too, too long term. I don't know how long it takes to get a, a plant up and running, so it's a long-term fix. Oh. But I th we're coming back to DA. I think the DA's problem, like, I'm just studying outside, is when the DA decided to embrace, like, embrace transformation. That's almost when the DA start, started like not working right. Uh, I mean, those posters of Helen Zell with Lindu Mazibuk and the other uh, black was it was it Musi? It was Patricia. It was Patricia. Patricia. Yeah. At that moment, it when it was her, Patricia, yes. and. Lindy When they decided, okay, now we must become a black party, and and ran forward with it. Oh. I think that's when the DA stopped so functioning for me. Was but then they, but they don't. Uh, I think it's actually DA doesn't actually quite get how to transform itself. They, they don't have a policy about it, but now they yeah. must bring it in. So there's Musi who must be seen as leading, but we all know that Zill leaves his party and she's the soul of it, right? But so I think that's where I'm just thinking about DA and for uh, me. Uh, it became more cluttered. When Zill bought and I, I think the presence of Jacob Zuma on the national yeah. stage but helped. Yeah. Mm. Because yeah. all you had to do was point out yeah, yeah. his yeah. latest Yeah, there failing. was a common enemy. Mm. It's like a party. With yeah. that kind of shifting off the stage yeah. now, now you've got to solve real problems yeah. and show that mm. you're governing yeah. properly yeah. and all that kind yeah. of thing. You've got to control Dele, uh, Zell, De what, uh, Patricia, you have to yeah. control Musi, them, and you've got to handle Zell, like who's still a big part of this party. Right? So this is going to be something of a problem for the DA going forward. When we come back after the break, we'll talk about Jacob Zuma's future and Aishkom. <laughs> Welcome back. So, Jacob Zuma, President Jacob Zuma, still in the union buildings, um, uh, showing very little sign of going anywhere. Um, uh, there seems to be a sort of raging argument, Ray, about whether, in fact, um, uh, there is an agreement between him and Cyril about how to how to um, how Zuma steps down, um, or whether, in fact, there's a f there's a there's a there's a low-level war now. You know, you have um, Ace Magashula, the new s Secretary General. Jesse Duarte, the, the, you know, the used Deputy Secretary General, um, making very pro-Zuma camp remarks, very sort of anti-Ramaphosa remarks, you could, you could read them. Um, what's the state of play? On the 8th of, of February, which is next Thursday, is that right? Next yep. Thursday? Mm -hmm. Is the opening of Parliament. Now, will Zuma open Parliament, you think, or not? Well, there, there, there seems to be a deadlock. You know, it seems that Ramaphosa is not able to actually push through the early removal of Zuma. Otherwise, it would have happened by now. Um, so what's happening is that the his, his supporters in Mokshule and Jesse Duarte are emboldened by that and are starting to now once more come out publicly and speak in his favour, which they didn't do since December. Um, but they must be extraordinarily bold because because... Even even on the on the NWC, the National Working Committee, um, Cyril has a majority. Well, there's also a strong presence of Zuma supporters on. Strong, there. but not a majority. So it's a vote. It comes yeah. to a vote. Zuma loses. Why does why is Cyril not pushing it to a vote? Put your hands up, NEC. Because that's not his style. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. I think his style is to sort of work work it so that it sort of appears magically. 
from no as if from nowhere that Zuma's leaving. Yeah. He doesn't want to be seen to be pushing him out and dividing. But at what stage do you think it becomes it becomes a problem for Cyril, a political problem for Cyril? Well it becomes a political problem for the ANC mm. because every month that passes a month less, you know, closer to the twenty nineteen election oh. with Zuma in the you know, in, yeah. in in the union buildings. Um, and it's a let off for the opposition. So that's the real problem. And I think if Zuma stands up and delivers that State of the Nation address, politically it's going to take a lot of the wind out of, out of the sails of this whole um, Cyril Spring that yeah. everyone's talking about. Yeah. Because it's going to be so dreary and terrible. Mm. He's going to be given a speech, no doubt written by Ramaphosa and his, yeah. his team, yeah. which will make it even more dreary and terrible because yeah. he'll be reading it sort of one word at a time without any... He won't give it a practice um, run through, do you think? And I just think it will be a very sort of... Uh, it, it'll be popping a balloon moment for the mm. country. So yeah. they must be aware of this, surely the ANC, mm. that their time is running out. He has an opportunity to launch a new What's image for the What's very interesting for me, though, Ron, maybe you can help me. I mean, the, why is there still a Zuma faction? What do they want? What do they want? They, um, want, a, they, want, another, they want another leadership contest now. I mean, uh, I think it's uh, the Zuma faction are those fearful of prosecution. That's said. So I d maybe the name shouldn't become a Zuma faction. It's just... Oh. Those who, who think the outcome, like last week's raid on on, on Mahashula's yeah. officers, just tells them, like, okay, they're coming for us. Although all those that stood with, with Zuma and benefited from the past ten years, so I think that yeah. is actually. So they just they just very scared of, of what will come uh, post uh, post Zuma. So that's why the faction remains. So and I think Zuma as a as as, as Zuma is a non-entity. It's just about look. Uh, Ramaphosa has come with the Hawks, and clearly they they now are gunning for for us. And that's the f it's the whole fear factor around them. What do we know about Cyril from he, from the w when he negotiated the conversation about the how, how he proceeds towards a target? Well, I think that he. Um, he and by the way, you've just written a fantastic book. I'm sorry, I should have said oh that yeah. earlier. <laughs> um, called Ramaphosa, which yeah. you r wrote before the election. Um, yeah. No, thanks. Um, um, and no, which I I've read, which is really good. Yeah. I think what Cyril's about is assessing the, the balance of forces yeah. and trying to understand the moment when that balance is in his favor. And then he acts very quickly and very ruthlessly. But until that point, um, he's off the stage and trying to influence events um, you know, through other means. Um, you know, and he did it pretty much, you know, the, he stayed in the Zuma camp very long ahead of the, yeah, the December conference. But at a certain point, when it was clear now that within the party that things were tilting his way, he emerged very strongly and started calling for criminal prosecutions. Money must be, or money that's been stolen must be returned. And he, he came out publicly and, and spoke out in that, in, in that way, suddenly. Um, so I think he may have difficulty right now assessing exactly where that balance of forces yeah. sits within the ANC. Sikonati, the Hawks have come out to say that they're going to announce something soon which will stun the country. Why, why say that if, if, you know, if, it ha if it's not going to be tomorrow? <laughs> that, that was how many days ago? Five, yeah. 
also. Yeah. So we wait to be stunned, uh, and and we we know yeah. not exactly what they are going to say. They seem also to be waiting for this moment yeah. that Ray is talking about. Yeah. Uh, where is that moment? And and the, 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 the drama in that statement, just uh, during the raid of uh, of uh, of the Free State premiere, yeah. shows they are going for a bigger fish, and yeah. it can Isn't get it no bigger. Today is a big day, right? This when Zuma must reply and say why they shouldn't prosecute. Yeah. Yeah. And yes. if you can't meet that, that's but when hawks say we charge. These are the hawks. Yeah. That's the NPA that yeah. he's got to make that, yeah. that decision. Mm. This is the hawks specs, uh, spokesperson while they are busy with the premier of the free state. Mm. He says we're going to sh shake this country. Yeah, we're going to shock you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're already shaking. <laughs> 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 so the raid on, on Magashula's office was not the, sh was not the sh shock, yeah. right? No, so there's another, that, there's another raid. And presumably a bigger one. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that, that speech was made. That can only be. That speech was made during the raid into uh, Ace Mahashule's office. Yeah. So they are like, we're gonna shock you guys. <laughs> they can only go up. And and what's taking them so long? That they could well, solve serious problem. Then. They're they're also <laughs> watching the balance of forces. <laughs> actually, but, but you know what? But yeah. Ramaphosa's next week is so important. Ramaphosa on on Monday, the mining in Daba opens. He can't have that no, Zwane no, guy talking. Yeah. He can't have Zwane opening mining in Daba. One any credibility. If the, this is about the sales thing, right? The win in the sales. Zwane can't talk. So Ramaphosa must make a plan. Either he talks, or he sends, or there's just no one talking basically. <laughs> and then on Thursday, it's a JZ chance. Both things cannot happen actually. And two weeks later is the budget. There's a budget, right? So, so this thing is actually key. I don't know, Ray, when you talk about waiting for the moment, well, maybe it hasn't come by the time, clearly. This is it not. It does look else. to me that you could be waiting for the moment and the moment <laughs> walk walks right past you and you're still waiting for the moment. That is the danger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you approach it too conservatively, you could miss yeah. step. And people will start drifting away. Yeah. The goodwill will start evaporating. The rand will start tuning into 13 again. And, and, and is there a way to, I suppose, I mean, is there a way to survive a week where Zwane does open the mining in Daba? Yeah. <laughs> and where Jacob Zuma <laughs> does open parliament. And Malusi Gigaba presents Malusi the budget. Malusi Gigaba presents the budget. It's an there's an interesting conversation to be had about Melissa Gigaba because he does seem to have got drawn a bit closer to, to Cyril. Yeah, but um, that's what all opportunists do. Yes, well, never mind. I mean, politicians are opportunists by yeah. definition. Mm. So, so he's doing the right thing rather than he's not re he's not rebelling by the sound by the looks of it. His stomach won't allow him to rebel. Yeah. Oh. Um, so he's in a c if he's in a camp, he's in Cyril's camp at the moment. That's thing with him is yeah. yeah, but but you know if Cyril presume if Cyril has to go through this and suffer the indignity of Zwane on Monday, um, uh, Jacob Zuma on Thursday, um, uh, can are there other things that he can do meanwhile well, to keep the balance of mood right? You know, can he get anyone else arrested? Because you can't you can't really claim. That he can claim ESCOM, um, but not the stuff the Hawks are doing, surely. I think the one thing is that he, he or his people will be writing these various speeches. Really? I don't think there's any way that Zuma's going to be yeah. allowed to write his own State of the Nation and stand up there and deliver it. What's it's going yeah. to be handed to him, uh -huh. and he's going to say a lot of stuff which is going to make it apparent that, um, you know, He's no and longer protected. And David Mabuza seems to be uh, supportive. 
Well, I think again, you know, mm. for now. Yeah. Um, okay. So, how do we tell that it's a Ramaphosa speech on Thursday? Does he not mention nuclear? Well, Does he not mention BRICS? Are, are these the key words? Yeah. And it's sensible. Then yeah. it's not no, as no, in no, the speech. No. Okay. Flowing and coherent is not is not is not <laughs> the issue here. We are talking now about the delivery. Mm. Yeah, so I think I think the one the one possibility now. is that Zuma might actually in that speech outline the transition and yeah. how it's going to happen. See, I, what I would certainly like to see, and I wouldn't, and, and, and there's been suggestion of this, is that Zuma stands up, he says, I am now increasing the value-added sales tax rate mm. by 1% or 2% to fund my higher mm. education yeah. plan. And um, okay. there's been some support, I, I mean, we've read in the, in the Ramaphosa <laughs> camp for, yeah. for, why shouldn't he announce it yeah. um, instead of Cyril having to announce yeah. it? Because there's hardly any other way of funding this yeah. crazy higher education scheme. Certainly not if it's going to be phased in as fast as they've now yeah. said it's going to be phased in. Yeah. ESCOM, um, Sikonati, what um, what did you make of the results when they came out? I mean, you were dead on with the number, with the debt number. It, I'd often wondered why more people didn't say 500 billion because they would always go to two or 300 billion, but there was an extra amount which is undefined, which takes it to three. The 497 to 497 billion. Yeah, yeah, right. I still don't have a proper answer about what that 124 billion <laughs> rand is. Yeah. It's there's a line listed. Uh, it just has other liabilities. Yeah. So I asked the chief financial officer. I'm still trying to remember his answer. And now, okay, let's give him the benefit of yeah. the doubt first. He, it's not Anoch Singh that's the chief financial officer at this point. It's it's a guy called Kalib uh, Kasim. Yeah. He he said he has mentioned. He been there? Was he there? Is he he's the acting he, yeah, chief financial okay, officer yeah. replacing yeah. Anoch Singh? Yeah. Uh, he he's been there for quite a bit. Yeah. So he tells me about uh, uh, employee benefits and, and many other things. Mm. But that's listed right under the debt, uh, pro uh, the mm. debt amount of 367 billion rand. Yeah. It says other liabilities. I still don't get the answer. I yeah. went through the whole cash flow statement later. I don't see where the 124 billion rand is. So that's something to look at. But uh, overall, yes, indeed, ESCOM is in debt to half a trillion rand. And, and it does not have the means to service that debt. It has to pay interest of about 45 billion rand every year, which then just means all the cash it generates goes. That goes back to, uh, in September, in September 2016, Peter, it had cash in the bank of 30 billion rand. Oh. That is a year ago. And uh, now uh, the, the cash in the bank is 8.9 billion rand. And, and they then are correctly saying, this is Pakamani Hatebe and uh, the chairman uh, and Jabu Mabuza saying, there's no money, we have to uh, do something. How much, uh, just, uh, just, you, know, you might know the answer to this, how much does it cost, how, what does the salary run cost ESCOM every month? Uh, the average employee now gets about uh, 560,000 rands a year. Okay, that's too much math arithmetic for me to work out. I mean, uh, you, 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 could, you, you could say the, the, the entry level employees get about 300,000 rands a, a year. So we do, uh, yeah. But monthly you wouldn't have a you wouldn't have a number in your head. M monthly you'd be talking about twenty thousand rands cross. Okay. For how many people? For forty seven thousand people. Okay. And that's how much quickly? Anybody can do the forty seven million. Fifty times, 20 times by twenty. Fifty times by twenty. There, there you yeah, go, there that's you go. that's ten uh, that, that's a billion. Yeah, it's a billion. Yeah. Uh, but uh, ESCOM has dedicated about 15 billion rand uh -huh. to employee costs in that financial statement. Uh, is, so these people are just here to save ESCOM, they're not here to restructure it, right? 
they, they, you cannot save it without restructuring it. Mm -hmm. Because if you have to I get 40 billion rand of uh, interest yeah. payments. There we go. You can't save it without restructuring it. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye.